telegram from Mr. Spanner. Oh, yes, thank you. That's for me. I mean, I'm not D Spanner, but I am, well, A Spanner. It's this week's randomizer printout. Right, let's see. Well, it's Thunderbirds, it's the uninvited, and it's right now. Ah! Well, what a surprise to be back with Thunderbirds at last. I'm just scrolling back through the list to see... When was the last time we actually had any Thunderbirds? And that was, I think, Pod 46 with Security Hazard. Um, so, yeah, we had Move, Move and You're Dead at the beginning of the year as well. So this is only the third episode of Thunderbirds we've had this year. Which I think is, is alright. I mean, so long as each show appears like... Say three times a year, is, it sounds about right. It's just uh, surprising it's been so long between appearances for good old International Rescue. Anyway, here we are. And Scott Tracy is in trouble already. He's being shot at by some naughty people in some naughty planes. I'm under attack from three unidentified aircraft and taking evasive action. I'm gonna fly around a bit. Oh, that actually worked. The, uh, the uh, enemy, enemy plane didn't follow him. Oh, that one did. And they're going down. Nose up, Scott. Nose up. I love that. Nose up, nose up. Remember, remember, son. Don't crash into the ground. Whatever you do, don't crash into the ground, Scott. Now, Scott, what did I just say about crashing into the ground? Oh, dear. Oh, Mr. Tracy, how terrible. What can have happened? Thunderbird. And that's where, if you know your Thunderbirds, um, I should explain. I'm watching this on uh, on the uh, Japanese uh, Blu-rays, and for that shot of Tintin climbing out of her chair or being being lifted out of her chair by a puppeteer, you could always see the the puppeteer's hand at the bottom of the screen. On this um, version, they've uh, they've just trimmed that out. They haven't zoomed in on the image or anything. They've just trimmed that section of the bottom of the frame off, and I. As, as nice as this version of the, the show looks... Base. Thunderbird one. Base. I always hate it when, when there are restorations of shows like this and you just... There's always that moment where someone else has decided that actually this, which has always looked this way, should now look like this. You know, that, to me there's always a, there's a very clear line between restoration and just changing things for the sake of it and it always bugs me that kind of thing feeling someone else's fingerprints on a show that was made 40 50 years ago it's like no no i i know best no, no just just leave it just leave it and i know that hand thing is very very obvious but you know it's part of the show ow some crack i got He's bleeding quite badly, Scott, from his head there, and it's it's um, it's always quite um, well, not shocking because you know I've sat through enough of Captain Scarlet and Joe Knight to get used to the sights of puppets bleeding, but it's always strange in the uh, world of Thunderbirds to see blood. I'm not sure when. That's a, another thing I'd like to find out. When when was the first sight of blood in any of these shows? Scott was on his way back from the Tokyo fire when he was... I'd assume it would have to be four Feather Falls, maybe, at some point. Although, obviously, there, there would have been a lot of uh, a lot of bloodshed in the world of Torchy, but uh, they could never show that. Virgil, there's not a moment to lose. Off you go. Right, Father. 
I heard that, uh, uh, Mr. Tracy. Uh, I I've selected the part we shall need. What, you have special rescuing Scott from the desert equipment? Okay, I'll, I'll, I can go with that. Some mystery, this, Father. Yes, it may be sure a, a desperate situation, but Brains uh, has, of course, remembered to bring along his uh, his nifty little desert adventuring hat. Oh, excuse me, Alan. I just thought I heard a signal. Oh, it's moments like that that really. Uh, I could figure what had happened to him. He got shot down. Hot out there in that sun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Gordon. You're, you're, you're fulfilling your role as Captain Obvious today very well. Yeah, I, I do love those little moments like that when Jeff thought Scott was radioing in. It's one of those things that you know probably most of the time was padding to get them out to 50 minutes, but it works so well in this show. It's, it's great to see, you know, International Rescue, they are a real family. And, and it's just, um, it's so nice. I'm fed up to the back teeth with this lousy expedition. You wanted to come on the trip, and I must have been crazy. Now shut up and hang on. So these two um, friendly gentlemen are Lindsay and Wilson, who... Oh, they oh, spotted something. Hey, Wilson, what was that? Hey, you must be seeing things. It was a mirage. Yeah, that's right, it was a mirage. This is the point where he turns back to to Lindsay, and Lindsay himself was a mirage. He was never really there. He fell out of the truck three days ago. And Wilson's been talking to himself the whole time. It's International Rescue. Wilson, it's International Rescue. I'm not quite sure the heroic music is uh, quite appropriate for the sight of Thunderbird 1 downed in the sand, but actually that was always... There's always something very poignant about seeing Thunderbird 1 in this episode and, of course, the main one, Thunderbird 2, in terror in New York City, having crashed. Um, you know, obviously we saw eagles crashing left and right in space 1999 and Spectrum passenger jets dropping out of the sky and, and things like that. But there was never any sort of emotional response, at least t from me, in the way that there is to seeing one of the Thunderbirds just crashed and wrecked because ultimately, you know, whoever was at the controls, be it Scott or Virgil, they were just trying to help and they'd been out doing great things and then somebody else decided, actually, you know what? Shoot you down. Just shoot you down. And it's so... There is that sort of... It, it's very understated as well, that sort of... That sort of poignant element that the, the helpers... Need help themselves. Well, I was I was on my way home when these three fighters came out of nowhere and forced me down here. There's no human life for miles and miles around here. We know, Mister, because we've been all over these parts. Well, what are you fellas doing in this neck of the woods, anyway? Oh, we're not human. Expedition to locate the lost pyramid of Commandides. What's the latest about Scott, Father? Oh, Tintin fixed him up all right, and Brains has repaired the radio. It got smashed during the skirmish with those fighters. What's Jeff holding? Got any ideas who they might have been, Father? No, John, He's it's a real a mystery. document with a... I'm going to have to report it. Hi, hi... Oh, official report. Okay. I guess he doesn't have to do <laughs> it's got official report written on it with the word... In very, um... Very sort of, um... Right now they're settling casual. Well, not casual, but sort of elegant font. 
It's quite sweet. Gee, that apple pie you brought out was good, Tintin. Is there any more? No, Scott. You scoffed a lot. Oh, yeah. That's the primary uh, food source on uh, Tracy Island. Apple pie. You probably have a whole hanger full of apple pie that Grandma just keeps making because it, it was all they ever seemed to eat on this show. How about some more of that coconut crumble, Scott? God, Grandma's got two-tier trolley full of food. Say, Scott, have you any idea where those fighters might... There's cakes and biscuits and, of course, pie. That's enough questions for the time being. I guess Scott can take it that we're glad he got home safe. Well, I've got you all as... Scott, take it as read that we're glad to see you, and we don't have to say it. Just imagine them finding you in all that expanse of desert. I hope they have as much luck in finding their pyramid. Well, it was certainly nice to have a change of faces, wasn't it? Okay, I get your meaning, Linda. These two um, explorer guys bantering with each other, well, banter slash arguing with each other the whole time, they do oddly remind me of a sort of um, Too fast again. married couple. Just you keep your mind on navigation. I mean, you got one telling the other, "Oh, you're driving too fast," and saying, "Oh, it was, it was nice to have, it was nice to have visitors for a while, wasn't it?" We don't see that many people. It's, it's a, a strange dynamic, but it kind of works. She's sliding. Pull around. Oh, for Pete's sake, shut up. Trainers unhooked and fallen down the hill. Oh, skid it down the hill. You stupid fool. I knew this would happen. All our gasoline and water is in that trailer. We gotta get it. Oh. Hmm. Did you have a plan B on that one? What are we gonna do? We're over 300 miles from our base camp. I know, and only three gallons of juice left in the truck. That's not gonna get us far. Oh, we just have to radio base for help. I put the radio on the trailer. Blast it! Why do you have to do a fool thing like that? Why didn't you expect that I would drive like a crazy person? Oh, the radio survived. Miraculously. Base camp Salar from Wilson. Come in Salar. Come in Salar. This is Wilson. Do you read me? What's wrong with it? Come on, baby, start What's wrong with it? I... Oh, it's happened. It's, it's, it's fallen out of the truck and it's full of sand. What's wrong with the damn thing? Okay, Alan, time to relieve John in the space station. All set, Father. How about you, Scott? Sure you feel quite fit again? A1, Father. All right, boys. Away you go. This is literally the first thing you, you ask somebody to do, like a day or two after a massive head injury. Just get them to fly a space rocket. And this is the only episode, and I think I've waffled over that bit, that uh, says that Scott um, takes turns as a space monitor on Thunderbird 5. Which, you know, traditionally we've only ever ever seen um, shared between Alan and John. And I always thought that was that was a, a kind of strange inclusion in this episode. I, I sometimes think that maybe they just mentioned that to uh, sort of take advantage of Scott's concussion. It's like, oh, he's not feeling too well. What can we? What what what, what jobs can we get him to do? Uh, Scott, you 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 spend a month in space uh, every so often. That's it. So so I don't have to. Um, Give him a bit more to do than sitting behind his mobile control desk telling people what to do. Anyway, we're now getting the glorious. Take up launch positions. Thunderbird 3 launch sequence. And yeah, those goofy little um, figures on the model set, they look so silly in HD. To be honest, they didn't look that good in SD, but. Uh... Anyway. 
Hope you like stock footage from Sunprobe, including Alan miraculously changing his shirt. That is something to admire, actually, about Thunderbirds, is um, as great as the launch sequences are, you know, once you've seen them a few times, and then they come up again, you know that you can sort of you know, take a moment to just uh, grab a drink or, or, or go to the bathroom or something, and you can come back and it'll still be, still be rolling out. Which way do you want to go? That's a fool question. Always there's just sand and more sand. Yeah, but they have water holes in the desert, and I just found me one. 40 miles due north. Let's go. Keep working on that radio. So Wilson and Lindsay have uh, hatched a plan. They seem to have uh, patched things up for now. I'm sure uh, Lindsay will mention the whole uh, trailer destruction thing when they're, when they're in bed together later. They are so sweet as a little married couple. I'm gonna, I'm, yep, headcanon, headcanon, I've decided they're married. Nobody's gonna tell me otherwise. I was figuring maybe it was the two archaeologists who found Scott. They've been trying to reach their base camp. Okay, John, I'll keep watch. See ya. Aw, just, just go away, John. Nobody, nobody needs you. Aw, and I like John, I like John, and I don't understand why, why Jerry didn't, um... It's he's a good guy, is John, and it's so sad that he's he's always up there with no one to talk to. This heat, it's unbearable. I'll go crazy. Take it easy, will you? Say, look out there. And that's uh, Lindsay's uh, going to be Lindsay's catchphrase for this episode. I'll go crazy. The waterhole. You found it, by Jingo Wilson. You found it. Take a look at that dad blamed hole. Take a good, long, hard, gall darn look. Why, what's wrong? Take a long, hard, gosh darn, zip, zang, yibbity, bang, whoop, whoop, whoop. There's another thing that was always quite fun about these shows old timey American sounding slang. No, it, it can't be. There's gotta be water. We'll die. Wilson, you gotta. Do oh! 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 Right! Um, aside from another bout of, I'll go crazy, I noticed that behind Wilson, at Lindsay even, there was a clipboard with some notes on it, and at the very top of the page was written the word Popkiss. So that's a, a reused piece of supercar stuff, evidently. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a yellow sheet of paper, squared paper with uh, a, a red, red lines on a graph. Something from Supercar. How unusual. International Rescue receiving you. What is your position? Come in, please. International Rescue. This is International Rescue. I like that. We're, we're in trouble. We need water. And obviously it is a very serious situation, but it, it does sort of sound like International Rescue. You, you know, when you hear stories about people get drunk and phone the police to deliver takeaway or something, it almost sounds like that. I imagine International Rescue must have to deal with... Uh, Quite a few crank calls. John probably listens to all of them because, let's face it, he doesn't have much else to do. I mean, he's back on Earth now, but that's probably the last we'll see him in. Uh, last we'll see of him for this episode. Father, I've just received a distress call from the Sahara Desert, direct to International Rescue. I think it was from those two guys who helped Scott after he was shot down. They kept saying they were dying of thirst, and then the call faded out. Can you play back the message? Maybe I could recognize the voice. Sure thing. Coming up. Calling International Rescue. Come in, please. 
Do you read me? International Rescue. Can you help us? That's the guy, all right. I love how they, they need um, Virgil to confirm confirm that, even though John dealt with the, their distress call and their call when they found Scott. So his, you know, his expertise, his opinion, they don't count for anything. So that's it, Thunderbird 1 is now off to the rescue, and despite what I said earlier, I... You know, there he goes. Yep. Well, Tintin, I only hope he gets there in time. Those launch sequences are still just... the desert without water, he can be pretty desperate. Just stunning pieces of work. We found it, boy! We found it! Yeah, it's what we came all this way to see. A lost pyramid of commandities. You can read hieroglyphics, Lindsay. I can, but I'm going crazy. This is the great tomb of King Commandides. I can't see any door, Wilson. This place is probably solid rock. Well, there's your door. But how did it open? Say, listen. Do you hear that? Yeah. Water. Come on. What now, something I, I didn't understand with this episode, even as a kid, um... So we later find out that the, the pyramid is under control of the, the naughty people who shot down Scott. With that in mind, why did they open the door to let, um, let Winsy and... Winsy and Lilson. Winsy and Lilson in. Um, I, I know it's... I mean, it's potentially an easy way to kill them, just seal them in the pyramid, but... If they're gonna die of exposure left outside anyway, I don't. I don't get what the unless it's an automatic door. <gasps> oh, puppet skeleton! It looks that way. This guy tried to get the door open too. He never made it. What are we gonna do? We're trapped. I know what I'm. That was. Um, that's such a ghoulish little little moment. That puppet skeleton. And I like as well that it doesn't look. Like a human skeleton. It looks like a Thunderbird's human skeleton. Which is such a nice touch. Anyone there? It's a very nice interior set for this pyramid. Lots of statues and uh, logos on the wall and such. And uh, oh. There it is. The Eternal Fountain. Yep. Just running backwards and forwards because we didn't film enough of it. And the water looks very blue. Almost as if it's uh, not not normal water. International rescue from Thunderbird One. I found the jeep, but get this—it's abandoned outside a pyramid. Are you sure you have the correct location, Scott? Yeah, I know it sounds crazy, but it's a pyramid. I'm going down to take a look. That's a very odd comment from Jeff. It's like you know, we found the the jeep. Scott recognizes it. There's a pyramid in the right place. Not sort of. Wow, that's unusual. And I know, you know Scott had a crack on the head, but come on, he's been allowed to fly a space rocket. There's clearly no concern about his uh, his physical fitness now. I don't figure this. The prince just ended a blank wall. There's no entrance anywhere. And again, they're just opening the door to let people in. And it's also interesting that the door only opens when somebody says there is no sign of any door. Is it keyed to only open like automatically to the sound of someone saying the word door or entrance? Because otherwise I can't understand why... Oh, there's that skeleton again. I can't understand why 
the inhabitants of this pyramid are just letting people wander in for no reason. Hey, the door! So saying, hey, the door, didn't stop the door from closing, so I guess it isn't voice activated. If somebody could tell me why the pyramid door keeps opening to let in complete strangers, um, yeah, please let me know. I, I can't figure it at all. I don't get what the, 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 the people who live under the pyramid actually get from letting strangers in. We're rich, Wilson. The richest men alive. Yeah. Yeah. Despite what I said earlier about um, people fiddling with the uh, the restorations of these episodes, seeing episodes like this with all this glittering, colourful treasure in full HD, they look just beautiful. And here's Scott to help our two archaeologist pals. Hi there. International rescue at your service. You can't fool me. You've come to steal our treasure. Now hold on. You called us for help, and that's why I'm here. What did you shoot at him for? He's come to rescue us. No, he only wants the treasure. You're crazy. So, Don't be a fool. Lindsay has gone a bit nuts. Oh, that you candle on the wall behind the Scott. Needs help. You're gonna die. Again, the, the attention to detail on these shows that the, the on. torch I'll on the wall the has burnt like a section of the wall above it. You know, to show how often it's been used. You want it, I'll just have to blast you out. Oh, so good attention to detail on these shows. Anyway, Scott's now locked in a gun battle with with Lindsay, and I always wondered. Um, You'll have to kill me before I let you have my treasure. I, I assumed as a kid, and I think that's what you're meant to. Well, what you're always meant to assume is that Lindsay went a bit nuts because he drank the water. Now I have you, Mr. Clever Tracy. Um. But the you thing is, um, Wilson drank from it as well. You can, you can see the water on his on his beard, but he doesn't go nuts. Die, so, yeah, either Lindsay drank more, or I mean, Lindsay's been complaining all episode. He is a bit a bit more fragile than Wilson. <laughs> and that's him doing a great job of playing his uh, his craziness. And that's it. Scott's cover is gone. There's no more protection, Tracy. Now you will die. Only one thing can save him now. <laughs> we used Stingray music. And two gentlemen wearing the same outfits as the people who shot Scott down. The Z or Z on their heads. Ah, oh, don't worry. I was only stunned when I fell. Well, you certainly fooled me. That's, uh, that's the excuse I'm giving for not helping you, and I'm sticking with it. I guess we'd better do as they say. So the uh, inhabitants of this uh, pyramid, I'm going to... Even though I don't think they referred to this... Referred to as this in the episode, okay, this is what they've come to be known as Zombites, so I'll stick with, with Zombites. It's easier to say than uh, these guys. People living under the pyramid. When you're crossing that desert. Scott and the Explorers being taken, I guess, beneath the, the pyramid, on the uh, the underground monorail system that these guys have. And this, I, I think, is an episode where... I, I think it's a really strong episode because it's so 
unusual. And it's not... Where are they taking us now? It's not um, sort of atypical for the series in the way that a lot of the later Lady Penelope spy stuff was. Because it still... It still focuses very heavily on our characters. You know, they are... You know, they're not really rescuing anybody in this episode aside from Scott and you know, helping the two explorer guys. But they're having an adventure as part of as part of their you know, sort of you know normal routine. And I also really love the idea of a lost civilization that's not a primitive civilization. They haven't you know they 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 live under a pyramid, but they've continued to progress with their technology to the extent that they have this this monorail system and they have these uh, these fighters like the ones that uh, shots got down as you've seen as we uh, passed over their hangar bay and they are a very cool looking and, and sounding set of baddies they've all got uh, superb beards and uh, moustaches the leader of the uh, the uh, the zombies has got a fabulous moustache. He, he oddly reminds me of Titan, even though he he doesn't look like Titan or or doesn't even have uh, Ray Barrett doing the voice. It's David Graham playing the, the zombie leader. But uh, oh, more reused Stingray music as they prepare their missiles for launch. <laughs> Missiles ready to open fire on Thunderbird 2. I also like the language as well that they use. It does seem to have had a bit of thought put into it. It's not just um, it's not just utter gibberish. Like he's repeating that word, which I think it's sort of up, up a bit, up a bit more. Um, Considering we don't actually see much of these people for this episode, they are very well thought out. Even though Scott is now shooting at them. It is a sh I think it is a shame that we don't see see more of them in this episode, or, or indeed that they, uh, they never returned. I think those missiles were too wide of the mark to be intended seriously. Yeah, it was like kind of a warning. They're sort of a comedy Could joke missiles, Scott? Virgil. Gun battle. Quick! Start the zombie control room. It's the cat alarm! There's a cat loose! So, yeah, as, as, as much as I like the zombites, I'm still a bit vague on their plan. Um, regarding, you know, why did they take Scott and the archaeologists to the control room? I mean, Scott and the archaeologists have just staged an escape, and now they're they're heading straight out of there. But um, you know, were they just going to kill them? Or again, I don't know why they let them into the pyramid. Oh, Scott, no, whatever you're thinking, Scott, don't take aim at the gas tanks. Oh, oh okay. So he was going to be shot at by a zombie technician. He shot the technician. What's going on? Keep going, Wilson. They're not going to stop us now. Gas. Gas is leaking in. Oh, there's a meter thingy. Uh-oh. Yep. We have fire. We have fire explosions. Hmm. 
of um, the frame that pieces of uh, model kits would have come in, just glued to the wall. There's gas leak in the pyramid. A, mono, a little monorail train, which uh, of course later appeared in, in Crime Wolf. They, this um, international rescue suddenly had a very similar little monorail system that went between the rooms on the base. I also wonder with the, uh, the Zonbites, to what extent... You know, this is a you know, supposedly a lost civilization. We only see like half a dozen guys. This place blows, it's gonna Were, was there more bank. under the pyramid than just the the hangar and the one control room that we saw? Is there an entire city under that pyramid, or is this just a, a sort of you know a lone outpost from which they launched the fighters? There must be more to the Zombite civilization than just six people. But, um, if they're, you know, I can't believe they all live under this pyramid because we just don't see enough to support that. <laughs> trouble breathing, the gas is getting into the uh, control room now. What a shame they only had one monorail car because they have absolutely no way of pursuing Scotland the archaeologists now. What's going on? You've waken out a moment too soon, Lindsay. In a couple of minutes, you're going to have to run for your life like you've never run before. By the way, are we still enemies? I, I don't know. You seem okay now. Yeah, Lindsay's back to his old, uh, old self. Oh, and the poor Zombites are having some fairly, uh, fairly dramatic acting moments as they all pass out from the, the gas leak. Let's get out of here. Now, one of the reasons I prefer to believe that the entire Zombite civilization can't live under this one pyramid is because um, of what's about to happen. You know, obviously, everything's exploding, so we kind of know how this is going to end. Um, it's a kind of thorny subject, and I have brought it up before. That this episode basically ends with International Rescue. Hold it, Virgil! It's Scott! Indirectly committing genocide. Um, if you if you subscribe to the theory that the entire Zombite civilization is under this one pyramid, then you know Scott. Even though it was an accident, Scott. Um, you know his his shot sort of you know, his little gunfight sort of set off a lot of fires and explosions in the pyramid, which is going to wipe out everybody living in it. I I I, I don't know about you, but I personally don't believe that. Uh, Genocide, be it accidental or deliberate, is uh, quite in keeping with the sort of international rescue ethos of, um, of, of, of saving people from dying. But then, I suppose, by the same logic, you know, why do international rescue have weapons? It, it's kind of a mixed message there. Anyway, Thunderbird 1 clearing the area just in time. Oh, and I, I love this. Just before the pyramid blows up, this one Zombite technician wakes up and instantly collapses again. I just, it's, it, it's almost a sort of, oh, beep kind of moment where he just wakes up and realizes that he's got like, you know, two seconds before everything explodes. Yeah, the last pyramid who commanded these is lost forever now. <laughs>
And so is everybody who may or may not have been living under it. Look at that. What an escape. Yeah. We certainly got a lot to thank International Rescue for. But Zombites, not so much. Not so much. The Zombites, they, uh... Hmm. Well, they weren't bothering anybody again. But, uh... I don't know. Was that an accidental genocide? I'm really not sure. Because it's not, it's not really clear if that was the entire civilization or just a little small... Small outpost. Anyway, that was the uninvited, and it's it's always been one of my favourite episodes of of the show because, as I said, it is something so different, it's so unusual, and it's not it's not the kind of thing you'd expect the show to try to do. Sort of lost civilization story, and um, the fact that they pulled it off so well is is just. Um, Again, it's the attention to detail on on the the interior sets and the the atmosphere of the thing. It's um, certainly one of the the earliest episodes where the the padding doesn't really feel like padding because you know, I assume the original cut was just the explorers get trapped in the pyramid and international rescue go out and save them. But with the Scott bit at the beginning, we get a bit more time with Scott. We get a bit more time with the archaeologists. We get to know them all a bit better. But of course, um, as much as I love this episode, the, the I wish we had more focus on the Zombites exploring the civilization, who they were, and of course the ending with them all being wiped out, possibly, doesn't quite sit right with uh, with International Rescue's core message, but otherwise, a really good, one of my favourite episodes of Thunderbirds. Yeah.